Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This will be a day long remembered. It has seen the end of Kenobi and will soon see the end of the rebellion. Plug in. He should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. Welcome, young Skywalker. I have been expecting you. Star Wars News. Wow. Yesterday was a really big day, and so I'm going to release here some special content just for you. Uh, just in case you didn't have time to watch the panel or you were doing this thing called working and you didn't get to see the panel for The Force Unleashed, I have the audio for you that I'm going to play so you can learn all the different little things that, you know, there's a, just a little bit of information leaked out and they brought out BB-8 and, and R2-D2 from the film, and so you'll get to hear that. Uh, but I figured I would share this audio with you. Uh, also, if you look in the show notes, I have some images that I have found that are supposedly supposed to be some leaked artwork for the uh, the posters coming out. So take a look at the show notes. Also visit the website, neverlandpodcast.com. Uh, also make sure you visit news.neverlandpodcast.com if you want a bit of a breakdown of the trailer or teaser that was released yesterday, which is pretty much just me making a few guesses, which I have then corrected with information I learned from this panel. Uh, but yeah, here is the panel in its entirety for you to enjoy. Take a listen. It is Awesome, and uh, not too much information really leaked. No spoilers here, just maybe some corrections to things that we had supposed when we saw the first teaser. But here it is, the full complete panel from Star Wars Celebration 2015, held yesterday morning. And expect more information as a trailer for Star Wars Battlefront, which is expected to be released this holiday season. They're going to release that trailer today, and once again, the internet is going to explode. But here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host from Entertainment Weekly, Anthony Bresnikan. I love that they open with that song because there's definitely a cantina vibe in this room, in this arena today. Are you feeling it? 
It's not just in this room. Star Wars celebration is beginning with this presentation of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I know you guys have been waiting to hear about for a long, long time. But it's not just this room. It's not just the folks who were waiting all night to get in here. This is being live streamed. Let's hear it for those people. The diehards. Who got, who got some of J.J. Abrams' handmade pizza last night? Yeah? But it's not just here in Anaheim, it is around the world. This is an unprecedented live streaming event. It is in 23 countries. We have people in theaters around the world. It's, it's live streaming in China, which is also extremely rare. And this is the 10th, the 10th celebration, but it's the seventh one held here in the United States. And I think that's kind of an interesting symmetry, introducing the seventh film in this beloved franchise. Um, We're, it's called celebration, and you celebrate with your friends and your family, and, and, and you share it with them. And so uh, I've been told to tell you, uh, for those who are, who are tweeting or, or, uh, or watching at home, uh, this is live streaming on Facebook and at StarWars.com, if, if, you, if you tweet certain hashtags, some, some emojis that are appropriate to Star Wars The Force Awakens will pop up. There will be more as time goes on, as we get closer to the release of the movie, but for now, if you want to unlock them, you tweet, hashtag stormtrooper, what appears, a stormtrooper. Hashtag C-3PO, you get everybody's favorite protocol droid. Hashtag BB-8, one of the newcomers to The Force Awakens, the beloved ball droid we saw in the teaser trailer released last November. And I, this means a lot to me. I write, I write about movies for Entertainment Weekly, and one thing I love about my job is the chance to just sit down and talk to storytellers and, and bring the stories they're trying to tell to the fans. And I, today I get to do that in front of a live audience of many thousands here and millions watching elsewhere. But who, who remembers the first time they saw Star Wars? Like, vividly remembers it. Because you know, another thing I love about writing for EW is, it, for me, movies and songs and books, they're more than just entertainment. I feel like they're landmarks in our lives. They're the things that we share with the people we love. Brothers, sisters, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents, if you're lucky enough to have those. And my first movie-going memory is tied up in Star Wars. I think I had to have been about four years old in 1980 when The Empire Strikes Back came out. And I had never seen a movie before. I mean, I don't remember it at least, but I remember going to the theater, rushing to the theater to see The Empire Strikes Back because we were late, right? And it was summertime, I remember, because it was, it was blistering hot. We were going to the Cinemas 3 in Kiskey Township outside of Pittsburgh. And, and summer in Pittsburgh is very Dagobah-like. It's very hot, it's very sweaty. And when you're running across a blazing hot parking lot to get into the theater because the movie's already started, it's even hotter. And, and I just remember the panic, like, we've got to get there. We go to the box office, we buy our tickets, we get in through the door, we sweep past the, uh, the concession stand, and we go through those double doors into the theater, the, tr the trailers have already played, it's pitch black, and, and we're, you know, you, you, you've all gone into a darkened theater, like you have to, you take a moment and kind of wait uh, for your eyes to adjust before you can find your seat, and so that's what we did, but my eyes were up on this giant wall. It looked to me not like a movie screen, because I'd never been to the movies before, it just seemed like a window, 
a giant window, and there were these curtains, and we'd just come from this sweltering summer heat into the air-conditioned room of this theater. And there were these imperial walkers in this snowy landscape marching toward me. And to me, that wasn't a movie screen. I felt like I was looking through a window into another world. And every time I watch these Star Wars movies, I feel the same way. I'm sure you do too, right? So let's bring out two people. Let's bring out two people who are opening that window again for us. Please welcome the director of The Force Awakens, also the co-writer and the producer, J.J. Abrams. The producer. of The Force Awakens and the president of Lucasfilm, the person who's creating a whole new series of films, Kathy Kennedy. You want a, want a selfie? I'll take a picture of you two with them in the background. You good? I'm gonna tweet this now. He's tweeting, he's tweeting. Be patient, everyone. You can tweet too. You guys look amazing. <laughs> Hi. Whoa. Hello. This is amazing. That's a nice reception. Unbelievable. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for waiting. How many out there waited all night long? Okay, well, we're going to try very hard not to put you to sleep. <laughs> and it went crazy. It By the way, I just have to say last night, I was so excited as we were walking through that I ran in before anybody got inside and I bought this t-shirt. <laughs> it's too bad, it's too bad so, you don't know anyone who could send you a no, Star Wars t-shirt. I know, I know, but it, it's so much more important to pick things up here at Celebration because it isn't anywhere else. So I had to have it first. Well, let's start talking about this movie. I think that's what everybody wants to hear. Um, JJ, you, you're directing this film, you co-wrote it, you produced it. But uh, like me, like a lot of people in this room, you grew up with Star Wars. It was part of your childhood. So how important was it in shaping your life as a kid? Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to all of you who are here. This is overwhelming and uh, incredibly exciting. Um, uh, I'm sure like uh, many of you, the experience I had uh, seeing Star Wars for the first time was mind-blowing. I was. Uh, I was 11 years old when it came out, and uh, 11 was a great age to have my mind blown. And I'll never forget that feeling of, of seeing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away fade out, and those words hit the screen with that incredible music. And it was that moment on that just transported me. 
Um, it was the first time a, a movie made me laugh that way and made me believe in another world that way. And it was really George Lucas's brilliance, not only creating these incredible characters and this amazing universe, but also that it, it, it had such heart. And the biggest thing for me is it had such hope. And that to me was incredibly powerful, even 11 years old. So were you, a, were you a collector? Did you have the toys? Did you ever dress up for Halloween? It sounds like someone must have told you something. Uh, I, I did uh, one Halloween, uh, one year, dress up as a Jawa. Um, but I, I don't want to tell you what year it was. Because... So, Kathy, people have been waiting for this moment for, for a few years now, ever since Disney picked up, uh, merged with Lucasfilm, and they announced that there would be a new series of films. Can you tell us about your transition from producer uh, to the president of Lucasfilm launching this whole new series of films? Well, I, I have to say that when George asked me to have lunch with him, and it was almost three years to the day that I sat down with George in a small little restaurant in New York, and he said, I'm retiring, and I'm thinking about moving on, and I'd like somebody to come in and carry on this legacy. And I thought he was going to ask me recommendations on who might do that. And I said, who are you thinking about? And he said, well, I was thinking about you. And uh, needless to say, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, as any of you can imagine, it is an incredibly daunting task. And I've been unbelievably fortunate. Obviously, the background I had in working with Steven Spielberg for many years and, and working with George Lucas on all the Indiana Jones movies, I think it did prepare me, but I must say that when I turned to the guy on my right and said, will you help me do this? I, I can't do it alone. Thank God, although he didn't say yes right away. Yeah, AJ, <laughs> what was your initial reaction when she said, join me and together we'll rule the galaxy? No, <laughs> but I said no, partly because uh, it, it was an incredibly daunting thing, partly because my family and I, had, we had this plan, what we're gonna be doing that, that next year, partly because uh, it felt like I'd been doing sequels and things in the past, and I just wanted to sort of break away from that. But when I sat down with, with you to have this conversation, and we actually were sitting there talking about what could come next and what it would be. I mean, you can imagine, it's a very different thing, very much like this moment. You can, you can anticipate it and expect what it's like to come out and see a room full of, uh, of, of fans, but to actually be here with you uh, is a very different and wonderful experience. So th this was a, uh, an unexpected reaction because I really thought I would just say no, and I found myself having this conversation with you. With, it was impossible to say no. Now, he said yes. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Kathy. So one of the things that's been noted about this film is, uh, is Star Wars has always pushed the boundaries of visual effects, but you're kind of taking a retro approach this time around. You build a lot of practical sets. <laughs> wow. I, I hear people like that. Uh, that's, that's an awesome reaction. I will say that when we uh, started talking about actually what the story would be and, and how, to, how to make it happen, 
the thing that, that struck me... <laughs> oh, look at that. There we are. It's really fun flying. That's them flying here Just today. driving yeah, to work. Yeah, we're, we're flying. Uh, well, um, the, uh, <laughs> when we were working on, on, on pre-production of the movie, the thing that struck me, and it, it wouldn't go, you know, get out of my head, is just how real you knew and felt uh, Star Wars was when you first saw A New Hope. And that feeling of actually being in, whether you, you know, they were shooting in Tunisia uh, or on, on you know, various physical, tangible sets, you couldn't deny it. And I knew, look, it's, it's Star Wars, right? They're gonna be uh, an endless number of, of effects that will be done uh, CG and otherwise, of course. But we needed a standard. And we needed to set a standard that was real, that felt like you, know, you knew the people were in those places. The way the light interacts with the set, you want, to, you want it to be legitimate, you want it to be authentic. And so building as much as we possibly could uh, was really the mandate. And I will tell you, the amazing thing is, as we're working now, of course, finishing up the, the edit of, of the film, even before ILM gets started doing their spectacular work, it's an amazing thing to actually be able to watch the movie and you can see what it is. You don't need to use your imagination because we actually had those sets there, and it was great for the actors, too. <laughs> giving, giving the stormtroopers some direction. Now, oh, you... I, I just want to say, right now, everybody... Everybody in this amazing creature shop that we worked with that made every single thing you're looking at in the movie are all gathered together right now in London and they're watching it live streaming right now. Why, why don't we Hello. give... In, indulge me a minute. For the, for the folks in the creature shop, not just applause and cheering, could, we, could everybody make their best Wookiee roar for those guys right now? I want to hear thousands... That's cool. Thank you. Close to a Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> oh, there they are. That's them. Oh, they're watching. Hello. That's them now, right? The... <laughs> watching from London. So, you, you began filming. The first 10 days of this movie were on location in Abu Dhabi, a desert landscape. People have seen desert landscapes before in Star Wars. What are we seeing? And what was it like to start shooting in such an inhospitable environment? Uh, well, uh, it, it was an incredible thing to shoot there. It was uh, 128 degrees. Uh, the, uh, the amazing thing about, there it is, that's a picture. Kathy Kennedy took that photograph. On Shot my on iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, there you go. Um, shooting in, uh, in Abu Dhabi was, was an incredible thing. You know, Star Wars is as much a Western and a fairy tale as it is uh, anything else. And the... Uh, one of, the, one of the things that you expect and want to see are real, tangible, John Ford, beautiful landscapes. And shooting in Abu Dhabi provided just that. It was an incredible thing to be there. Uh, and the, uh, the location is uh, a desert planet called Jakku. People have thought it's, it's Tatooine. It's a, a planet called Jakku, and you'll learn a lot more about Jakku, uh, maybe even today. So it's a, it's a hot place, is, it, is there anything else you can say? About the, we, of course with Tatooine it has the two suns, is there anything about the, uh, the place of this planet in the universe that you can uh, tell us about? No. Ah, okay. <laughs> but but you, uh, I, I promise you, you'll see more today. 
One of the one of the first opportunities that everyone got to see the sets that you've been talking about uh, were the uh, were the uh, Force for Change videos that you made, and you showed off some creatures. You showed off the uh, new X-wing. So tell us about the first wave of the Force for Change program. What were the effects of that? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't need to tell any of you here uh, or, or most of you watching, but there's a, a great uh, tradition in the, uh, the Star Wars community of giving back. And when uh, Kathy and I first started working on this, we realized that you know, this was an amazing opportunity to engage with the fans for you know, at least a decade, uh, if not more. And we were inspired by the fans themselves. And we went to Disney, uh, to Bob Iger and Alan Horn, Alan Bergman, and, uh, and convinced them they completely got the opportunity and saw it uh, and, and really demonstrated incredible uh, leadership in doing so. And we're so grateful to them. And we started Force for Change. The first day of shooting, we, uh, we engaged the fans. We, we offered an opportunity to be in the movie, uh, donating $10 uh, to UNICEF, which is one of the great organizations doing amazing work with children around the world. Um, and, uh, and for a $10 donation, you have a chance to uh, be in the film. And I will say that thanks to you, uh, to this day, we've raised uh, over $6 million for UNICEF, um, uh, which is amazing. Uh, in the name of Force for Change, and th that's money that is doing real work right now with UNICEF Innovation Labs for children, thousands of children throughout the world, and, and that's really an amazing thing, and thank you for that. And, and that's not the end of it now. Force for Change is kicking up again as you, as you go toward the December release of the movie. So, right. Kathy, tell us what's next for the Force no, for Change. No, we're really excited about this continued relationship with UNICEF, and we're going to join forces with a program called Kid Power. In fact, I'm wearing one of the bands right now. And what happens in the classroom is that kids wear these bands. And in fact, I was walking through the hall testing this. And after you take so many steps, it actually triggers a therapeutic packet of food for children who are malnourished all over the world. And this is a program that we're hoping will become a movement. Disney has stepped up and they are spending $1 million on the program. Fans have contributed through Humble Bumble, another million, and we're hoping that Star Wars will ignite this and really turn it into a worldwide movement. So we're very excited by our relationship with them. Now, since we're here at Celebration, let's talk about your history, both of you, with this this event, JJ, you've gone as a fan before, right? Yeah, I've been before, uh, and it was great to you know come here this morning and get to walk through some of the stalls and and meet some of you, and it was just you know an incredible thing to see the the, the time and the effort and the passion that goes into so many of the the, the booths. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey, Kathy, you were you were in Germany at the last celebration two years ago. Uh, this was this was was it your was it your first it, time it, there? It was. It was my first time at celebration, George had actually been telling me over and over again how amazing it was. I had just missed Orlando. So when I got to Essen, uh, I have to say I was wildly unprepared for what I was walking into and just astounded, as JJ's saying, about the, the quality of the work and the level of creativity. And one of the areas I walked by were the, the R2-D2s that had been built. And I... This guy's right down here. 
And fan built, I was, fan built R2D2. Right, right. Fan built everything that is actually, we didn't get to run up to the second floor today, but I understand there's over 100 R2D2, so I can't wait to see that. But the incredible thing was when I was literally leaving Essen and going back to London where we were prepping the movie, and I turned to our creature shop and I said, you know, I think we've got to hire those guys at a celebration. Let's track down who they were. And we hired Oliver and Lee. Would you like to meet the droid mechanics? Let's bring out Lee Towersy and Oliver Steeples. And friend. the celebration guys. Thanks. Welcome R2. Let's hear for R2D2. This is actual R2D2 from the movie. So so Lee and Oliver, you were you were once guys out there in the audience. Now you're up here on the stage. You are fans who have uh, now contributed to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, give people a little sense of what that feels like. Um, there's absolutely nothing that prepares it, like, to, to sit here. Um, several years ago, I was out there, sort of watching the stage, and here I am. It's like, how do you put that into words? And you're f it was awesome. It was great. Every day we went to work with a smile on our face, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. So you, you got the job because of your fidelity to recreating the original R2-D2, but tell us about your own contribution. Like, what is your own little artistic spin on the Force Awakens version of R2-D2? Well, this picture here now, um, this is a new design dome. JJ gave the request for some domes, so we were kindly left to create a new dome, which JJ was happy with. Um, this is an R0 dome, and the white one is R-O-L-O, Rollo, and the L-O stands for Lee and Oliver, so hopefully that will be there used. You, go. you named one after <laughs> yourself. And these are four other domes for X-Wings, basically bringing the R5 and R6 into the Star Wars universe, and you'll see them on a pack of various X-Wings. So this is interesting, because you're not building the full droid on these. These are just the domes, right, to these attach to the practical X-Wing fighters that you build for, as sets, right? Yeah, so every specific pilot has their own droid in the back, and you'll see, I can't give it away, but which droid goes with which, which pilot? I just got to say that uh, you, you guys did an amazing job, and it was you know it's a very stressful thing every day. You're you're working. You have these things have to work work well. Uh, whenever there was a malfunction, you guys were on it and repaired it almost immediately. There was uh, never a costly droid delay, so we were very grateful. <laughs> Droids always work. Well, let's hear it for the the tinkerers of the Force Awakens, the human Jawas. <laughs> and Oliver Steeples. Thank you very much, guys. Let's hear it again for R2-D2. Thank you. So let's move now from the... From robot. Oh, we do. We have to bring out one more. One more robot. I'm sorry, I almost wrapped it too soon. 
giving short shrift to one of the new droids of the Star Wars universe. Please welcome BB-8. So, uh, just say a couple words about BB-8. Um, this could get ugly. Is there, is there a little rivalry between them? So BB-8 was uh, a creature that was performed. We, you know, we talked originally about... Could you guys keep it down? We talked originally about how to do this, how to best uh, you know, have BB-8 in the, in the film. And there were a lot of discussions about how having a CG BB-8 would be so much easier uh, for shooting. But we also knew it would be better for the film, for the actors, for the sets, for the look of it, if it were performed. And Neil Scanlon and his uh, unbelievable team you saw earlier in the picture uh, built and puppeteered BB-8 in the movie, did an extraordinary job, and uh, it was better for the actors, it was better for the, the film itself. So you'll see their work, it's amazing. I also want to say that uh, Bob Iger, who's the chairman of the Walt Disney Company, is sitting out in the audience, and he's the one that found the company that helped us discover the technology of what you're seeing right now. Because the we now have BB-8 operating on his own, thanks to Bob. Well, give R2 and BB-8 and Oliver and Lee a round of applause. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you for bringing out the joy. There we go again. One more. We really got to Sorry about that. We really guys were supposed to go. Then we brought Let's talk about the human stars of The Force Awakens. I want to start off with one in particular. He's, he's definitely not here today, but he's in everyone's thoughts. Harrison Ford recently had a very serious accident. But he's a total badass who crash-landed that plane and made he it is. out okay. I, I got to say, the amazing thing about Harrison, and I don't think anybody out there will be surprised, is that he's the only person that can make an emergency landing on a golf course in front of two doctors. <laughs> So he's home and resting and getting well as fast as he can. I can't even begin to tell you how much he wanted to be here. But um, maybe next year, but at least by the time we open this movie, I know that Han Solo will be very actively involved in what we're doing. And JJ, have you, have you talked to him recently? Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, I, uh, I was uh, texting with him yesterday and uh, I was going to go over and see him, but uh, he didn't have time for me because his friend was coming over for lunch, and uh, he was like, not today. I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, but um, but he, uh, he sends his best, and he, uh, he's doing great and uh, working hard, and that guy is... I've, I've never... I had respect for him all my life, but uh, I've never had more respect for uh, a, a guy until I saw that he, how he landed that plane. I mean, that was an amazing thing that he did. He's, he was more of a hero in, in that move than I think... Uh, He's been in all the movies he's been in. It was an incredible thing he did. So everybody give a shout out to Harrison Ford. I don't know if he's watching the live stream at home. Send him some love. 
let's talk about some of the other new faces that are going to be in this film. So there are three lead characters that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, we have... Uh... We, have, we were very lucky. Uh, we obviously went through the process that you go through uh, in searching for actors. It's uh, the, the typical long, tedious audition process. I will tell you that we uh, could not have ended up with three more uh, talented and wonderful actors and people. Uh, we have Oscar Isaac, we have Daisy Ridley, and John Boyega. Um, what can you tell us about the characters they play? Ray, uh, Finn, well, I, I'll Poe tell Dameron. you, um, I think rather than me tell anything about them, I think they should. We should, we should bring them out. Let's bring them out. Please welcome Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac. Loving cast, they all it's hugs all around. It's done. Yeah. Tackle <laughs> So what? What? Whenever you guys have appeared in public, have people ever asked you about Star Wars before? A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Sometimes. Yeah, I've never been anywhere like this, so this is like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> There's still, there's still a lot seven months out that the, you can't talk about with regards to your characters, but maybe you could give us a little tease of who they are. We've seen them in the teaser trailer. We saw that image up on the screen. Let's just go one by one and tell us, where do we discover Ray in this movie, Daisy? Hey, y'all, again. Um, we discover Ray on the desert planet Jakku. Um, she is a scavenger in like a ship graveyard and she is like completely self-sufficient. She does everything for herself and very solitary until she meets another character and an adventure begins. And that leads us to John Boyega. And yeah. Finn. So Finn, Finn is the first character we see in, this, in The Force Awakens. He was the first face that appeared in that teaser trailer last November. You're... John, he's in a he's in a stormtrooper uniform, but people are wondering: is he in disguise? Is he an actual stormtrooper? So tell us, how do we meet Finn in this movie? Well, first of all, Star Wars celebration. What's up? What? Insane. So how to do that? So we find Finn. Um, he's in incredible danger, and the way in which he decides to react to this danger um, changes his life. Number one and launches him into the Star Wars universe in a very unique way. Uh, so I can't wait for you guys to see it. And he, and he is a stormtrooper, right? You can confirm that. <laughs> he, is, he is a stormtrooper, but... <laughs> but John, everybody knows stormtroopers are bad guys. So are you a bad guy or a good guy in this movie? My memory's just gone. I, I, yeah. no, no, no recall? All right. We'll come back to it some other time. Oscar Isaac. What's up, everybody? Woo 
the only character on stage who has two names, Poe Dameron. We see him piloting an X-Wing fighter. We saw you in the uniform there. So tell us about... Tell us about playing this guy. Who is he? He's the best frickin' pilot in the galaxy. That's who he is. <laughs> He's been sent on a mission by a certain princess. And uh, he ends up coming across Mr. John Boyega's character and their fates are forever intertwined. So the three leads, I find it fascinating that you have a, a stormtrooper and an X-Wing pilot I don't know, potentially working together with a scavenger. Sort of ticks all the boxes. Um, there are a number of actors that everybody knows are in the movie but are not able to join us yet, and yeah, you've we, got time we to were, reveal uh, them. But we have the, the, this incredible cast, uh, some of whom you see here, including uh, Adam Driver and Andy Serkis. We have Lupita Nyong'o, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, it's an incredible group. Um, but, you know, we have... Uh, many, many months before the movie comes out, and I promise you that we're going to have a lot of fun revealing between now and then uh, the other actors, but uh, how lucky are we to have these three today? Come on. Come on. So now, now what we have here are some questions from the audience. Uh, people who, fans have been sending them in all week, and we have a few that were gathered just last night from the folks who were camping out. So this question, it comes from a Star Wars fan in Italy. As a fan, how does it feel to grow up with Star Wars and now be a part of Star Wars? So John, I'm going to throw this to you. Oh my gosh. So I can't tell you how many times I've paid the games of Star Wars on my PS3. Honestly. Guys, Force Unleashed 1, Force Unleashed 2, come on. So obviously as a fan coming on set, I obviously freak out a bit seeing Harrison Ford stood right in front of you. Uh, but at the same time, you do get, you know, cast members to sign your merchandise after a wrap. <laughs> Which is... Uh... John signed his own figurine, everyone. <laughs> yeah. The whole cast, the whole cast. Was there a particular favorite piece of merchandise that you were like, I gotta get this if nothing else signed? So I had a Han Solo in Stormtrooper gear and it was like this big. And uh, I went over to Harrison and said, can you sign my door? And he was like, this is weird. <laughs> but I'll sign it for you. And I got it signed on set. That's how you do it. Here's another question from a fan in Japan. If you, were to, if you were to put yourself in the world of Star Wars, what type of character would you be? And I'm, I'm, Because they're in Star Wars, I'm going to ask you, Kathy, what type of character would you be? Well, I have to say, I think the interesting thing about that question is I don't think I have a lot of choices. At least originally. Originally. Princess Leia was kind of the only game. But I, I'm going to say that that's going to change. As you can see. Well... This is something that's important to a lot of fans. When, when you made that, when you released that photo, the cast photo, and di uh, the, re released the initial cast list, some people noted that it was only Daisy who was new to the cast, representing the females of the galaxy. You know, and I know a lot of, there, there are tons of female fans of Star Wars, and I'm raising one. 
I've got a little girl, she's five years old, her name's Audrey, and she loves Star Wars, and I'm kind of excited that there are going to be other characters for her to identify with. So tell us about that. Tell me about expanding Really that. strong women, and not only in episode seven, but the conversations we, we're having moving forward, there are going to be a lot of wonderful new characters. I have two girls, too, so I'm under a lot of pressure. <laughs> All right, here's a question from the UK. How hard is it to find the right balance between new and old technology, not in terms of making the film, J.J., but just the sort of battered world that we saw in the original Star Wars saga versus the kind of shiny new one in the prequels? How do you decide which balance to, to present 30-some years after the events of Return of the Jedi? Well, I think that the, the again, I, I sort of said this before, but one of the things that I love so much about the, uh, the original trilogy was that sense of everything being real and weathered and lived in and used. Uh, it was a world of underdogs, and you just felt you were fighting, you know, uh, against an enemy that was bigger and larger. And, and to, for me, the, the look and the feel of that technology, it being, you know, uh, and anything but pristine, anything but brand new, was really important. Um, the, I think there needs to be a contrast. The amazing aesthetic, again, the brilliance of what George did, the, the, the contrast between, you know, the, the gleaming empire, you know, and uh, the, the dusty, you know, cantina and uh, streets and Tatooine. Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie. Um, yeah. So... Concept artist who designed a lot of the uh, yes. the look of Star Wars. So we're very much uh, following that feeling. I mean, this movie takes place decades after Jedi, so uh, this film needs to follow suit uh, in that regard. I think that's what you'll see. So here's another one. This one comes from the U.S. It's a tough one. Uh, with millions of fans all around the world, are you afraid to disappoint with this movie? And how can you guarantee you will please every single last one of them? <laughs> Well, we just will. Um, here's the thing. Um, obviously, uh, as they say, you can't please everybody, though we are trying very hard to do just that. But I will say this, that uh, there are moments where the pressure of what we're doing, the responsibility of what we're doing, um, honoring the, the legacy, but using the legacy to tell a brand new story that moves forward and makes the fans proud. It's, it's the most important thing that we're all working on. And I will say that uh, though there are moments of, I don't know, I'd say uh, sheer horror uh, at, at what that is, the reality is I've never had more fun in my life working on anything. And the, the opportunity far outweighs the risk of this. And I can't wait for you to see the movie. So, Kathy, here's a question. Uh, James, who came here, he's here uh, from London. This is one of the questions we got out in the line. Uh, it is hard to please everybody, he says, but uh, how much do you take into consideration the fan perspective when you're devising these new stories? I don't think there's anything more important in the Star Wars universe than the fans. You guys talk to us all the time about everything, and we take that really seriously, and we talk about it. It doesn't mean, for obvious reasons, we can do every single thing that is dictated by the fans, 
but we're fans too. And everybody inside the Lucasfilm organization are fans. Many, many fans are inside the Walt Disney Company. I've been amazed since we've been a partner of the Walt Disney Company now that everybody is a fan. Everybody has a Star Wars story. And that generational experience is something that is really important and it's everything in terms of the future of Star Wars. So you guys, you energize us. So thank you. Here's one for JJ. This one comes from Ben. He, he came here to Anaheim from Ontario, Canada. And he, it's a pretty basic question. He wants to know, JJ, what advice would you give to a young aspiring filmmaker? Um, Get started. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think that the, the reality is that everyone has a camera in their pocket now. Um, when I was a kid, it, was, it wasn't you know, this ubiquitous thing that everyone just carried a camera around. Um, the ability to just make stories, make films, tell stories is, is real and is incredible. And when I look at my kids who make a video and they're, they're doing dissolves and they're putting titles and they're doing visual effects and, you know, things that you'd only dream of uh, when I was a kid, uh, to me it just says that, you know, the technology has been democratized. Everyone has access to the ability to be a filmmaker and if you want to do it, the only thing stopping you is you. And so do it and make, you know, put them out there and let people see them. And, uh, and I can't wait to see your movies, Ben. And I gotta say, the fan films that we see all the time, unbelievable. I am continually amazed at the fan films that are created for Star Wars. So, they're awesome. This one goes out to Oscar, Daisy, and John. It's from Sarah, who didn't travel far. She's from Santa Ana, so she came here. Sure, she walked here. Um, the question is, so you start shooting this movie, who is more excited? The newcomers like yourselves or the veteran actors from the original trilogy? Um, the original actors were coming back to a universe they absolutely loved and we were joining a universe we were yet to love as much as we do now. So we were all excited and then coming here today <laughs> has made it so much more exciting. Like all of us are so, cannot wait to show you guys what we've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was interesting because I, I, I was in my hotel room waiting to find out if I had been cast and if I needed to stay for that reading, that picture that you guys saw, that iconic one. And when I finally got the call that I was indeed officially going to play Podameron, I was so excited slash nervous to try to tap back into that because I was like, I don't even know if I can do it. I don't know, I don't know man. So I blasted the Star Wars theme as loud as I could and I grabbed my shampoo bottle and I just started going <laughs> and I was like, no, I can do this. I remember that feeling. That, that, that's how I dealt with it. I mean, with me, the excitement just turns into absolute nerve and I, I was scared to tell my parents that I got the part of Finn in Star Wars in case they didn't believe me. So, uh, I waited until that cast photo was released before I told my parents. <laughs> and all that time, my dad saw me leave and go into this, this place and I was reading all these red sides and he was like, well, what is going on? And I just told him I was filming 24. 
So we, I want to thank you guys uh, who submitted the questions online and who waited in line to offer their questions to the cast and the filmmakers. Um, it's so wonderful to see the new faces of Star Wars, but how about if we bring out, you want me to bring out somebody else, some other? This, these are sort of, I would say these are new faces, but also familiar, so please welcome, from the cast of Star Wars The Force Awakens, the new Stormtroopers. right? 30 years changes the outfit a little bit. Um, but there are some other folks who are here, people you know, people you love. We're going to bring them out too. So please welcome, you know him as C-3PO, Anthony Daniels. Welcome, Princess Diplomat, Freedom Fighter, Princess Leia, Perry Fisher. Why don't you break out, why don't you break out your, your Wookiee roar again for the man who co-pilots the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca himself, Peter Mayhew. And Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. That's a lot of love for the veterans of Star Wars. So, uh, Anthony. Anthony, I want to start with you. So you are the only actor to appear in all six, now seven, Star Wars films as C-3PO. The only one. 
it is it is quite amazing because it is it's 40 years now 40 years since i first met george lucas and very quickly became part of a team um, that got involved in making this, this crazy little film that none of us none of us thought that any of you people would ever come to see well how wrong were we because i knew you guys you, were coming no you didn't <laughs> But we were, apart from Carrie, we were totally wrong because you did come and, and you kept coming. And from the beginning, you stayed with us all the way and it is quite extraordinary. And now, and now there's even more of you joined in the fun because there's three generations who love this story. And yeah? And of course, as Anthony suggests, 3PO and indeed myself, we've actually survived six films. Think about that one. Um, and of course the future, who knows? But I, I do think that maybe in the future you will be there. Yay! Okay. But as for the past, I've got to say thank you for your, your kindness, your support, your affection for the whole project and especially in my case for a character that I am very, very fond of. A character who has just become a hashtag. CP3O, human cyborg relations. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Peter Mayhew, the man who brings such soulfulness to Chewbacca. Uh, you, how does it feel to return to that furry suit? It's kind of nice to get back into furry suit because I can go anywhere in the world and still be comfortable. And also the mere fact that I wouldn't have been associated with these guys if I didn't have the walking carpet, as a certain young lady calls me. So it's been great. You guys are what this is all about. And we are there. We're going to enjoy it. And I hope everybody else does. It should be great. Enjoy it. Uh, I hope you notice he, he's taller than I am sitting down. I've always resented that. But I'm shorter than everyone standing up. <laughs> and cuter. Thank goodness. We're all proportionately cast. So, so Carrie, he puts on the fur. I'm wondering, uh, Princess Leia was always very fashion forward. Are we gonna see any return to those classic hair buns from the original movie this time around? The buns are, you know, they're tired now. So we're probably not gonna have the futuristic buns, but I think we have an alternate thing that you'll be very into, which is not the metal bikini. <laughs> I promise, I promise. How do you feel about expanding the world to include more girl power. You were the only woman in the original Star Wars films, and now there are so many others joining the cast. Well, it's good to have a sisterhood of Star Wars. But I like, you know, being the only one when I was 19, and and that was possible. But now I need some backup. I love you. Now, Mark Hamill. See you later. Mark Hamill, you've lived with Luke Skywalker for a long time. What, what do you want to say to the fans? What can you tell us about returning 
is Luke Skywalker. Well, I remember George called the original film the most expensive low-budget movie ever made. And I remember saying to him, I, no, I think this is a winner. I think we're going to outgross Planet of the Apes. That's the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes, by the way. <laughs> no, I really just have a simple message, not just to all of you in this room, but to people watching us around the globe. And that's a simple thank you, because if it weren't for the UPFs, ultra-passionate fans, we wouldn't be here. And it never ceases to amaze me. And I'm so grateful for your support, your enthusiasm, and yes, your passion. Because over the years, all, my entire adult life, I felt such love from you. And uh, you're more than just fans, you're family. Now, You grew up with us. I mean, we're still not, we're still growing up too, but you guys grew up with us, and so it's an amazing thing to be part of so many people's childhood. So, and to be a toy at the same time. So thank you for playing with me when I'm plastic. All right. So, even though the whole cast isn't here, we've got a lot of people in one place, and all we have right now is that one sepia-toned image of everybody doing the, 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 the first reading. So, why don't we uh, get the cast, the stormtroopers... Put on your wide-angle lens. Get everybody together for a photo. It's too big a group for a selfie, but you guys can take the photos. So, let's bring out R2-D2 and BB-8. Here they are. Get out your cameras, hit record. Capture the moment. It's, it's surprisingly quiet because everybody's holding their phones. <laughs> So these guys have to say goodbye now. Thank you guys, everyone, so much for coming out. Thank you for, for joining us at Celebration, for kicking it off right. Don't worry. We have one more thing. Don't leave the hall. JJ's going to take a little time now and he's going to tell you about his childhood memories of Star Wars. 
you want to tell them why we're really standing here? Uh, who wants to see a new teaser? So, uh, honestly, uh, and I know that we've said thank you a lot to you guys, but I just need to say it one more time uh, on behalf of, of Kathy and myself and to everyone who's watching uh, who's not here. We cannot thank you enough. Uh, the, uh, the energy that you guys are uh, throwing our way is evidence of the force, and we couldn't be more grateful. Um, and we want to show you uh, this is our second teaser, and uh, we're very excited for you to see it. We hope you like it. Uh, but mostly, mostly, thank you so much for thank all you. of your support. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.